good morning, church. How are you? Welcome. It's the new year. Isn't that weird? Have you already, raise your hand, have you already written the wrong date? Have you already done that, writing something and you're like, 23, what? Oh, man, and I, you're a year behind, right? Um, it is, um, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird thing. Uh, Christmas comes, comes, right, you're, you're prepping for it and it comes fast and, and a lot going on and then it's just done. And December 26th, I don't know your house, what it was like. Uh, December 26th, we're like cleaning up, putting the stuff away. Do you guys, I'm sure you did that. Maybe, maybe you waited a few days. Good for you. Um, and then this happens. This happens every year. Man, we look poor. <laughs> our house looks empty now. Like we look like college students again going like, where'd all our stuff go, right? Because it was so full and nice. And, and, uh, and anyway, so uh, welcome. Happy New Year. My name's Brandon and, and uh, I'm the pastor here. want to welcome you. And um, if, you, if you are new, uh, I would love to meet you and say hi. And so after each of the services, I hang out right over in the lobby, right over here. Come, come by, say hi. And uh, whether you're new or I just haven't met you, you may be coming here for a year or two and we've never officially met. Uh, swing by, come by, say hi. I promise it will be a wonderful experience. So um, we are, we're, we're, uh, we're in our new series, Heaven and Hell. But before we do, a few um, quick, uh, quick kind of update recaps. The first um, is, uh, is our Christmas gift. So uh, last week, uh, we've been, every December, if you've been here, we raise money for our Christmas gift. And, and this is a, um, an, um, a, a way to support two uh, organizations, two kind of ministry opportunities, one local, one global, that, that aren't us. It, the money, we raise the money and 100% of it goes out to support these local organizations. And every year we pick different ones and we come up with uh, kind of projects and how we can get involved. And, and this year, if you've been here, you know, but I'll just a quick recap in case you're new. We, um, we partner with a, a global organization, uh, Footsteps, for, uh, to build a new sports center, a sports facility in Honduras. And, uh, and that was, we were like, let's raise, we, the, the price for all of that is $35,000. Um, and that builds both of their phases. And it's like, uh, we're looking forward to that. It's going to be awesome. Uh, later this year, we're sending a team to Honduras, and you'll be able to literally go and see the um, the progress on this, and and be up and literally be boots on the ground and be a part of this. And then the second was for uh, a ministry grant, a new thing that we're starting. That we said, well, what would it look like if we instead of just deciding this is what ministry will be like, we we instead said, how can we support? people's ideas and maybe God has given them visions and, and, and an idea of a ministry to start, but they just need help and support. All right, we can be a, a, a ministry grant. We can have a ministry grant opportunity for that and to support that. And we wanted to raise 25,000. So the total was we said, all right, let's raise $60,000 this month. And, uh, and uh, would you like to know how much we raised? Do, do you really want to know? Okay, here's the deal. We wanted to raise 60,000. Uh, this is so great because um, as uh, this was as of uh, whatever, after last week, we raised, here it is, ready? 63,307. Give yourselves a, that's awesome. And thank you. Thank you to the 99 cent person, whoever you were. We appreciate that. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like, what are the odds? How's that? So I have, uh, I talked it over to my wife. We are generously going to round that up to uh, 308. We will take care of that for you guys. 
So we're, we're so excited for this. It's so awesome that, uh, so these will both be fully funded and we're so excited to let Footsteps know, hey, we are gonna be able to support and build your entire sports court. Uh, don't worry about it. The, the pro, we're gonna fund it and then we're gonna send some people and be a part of that. So we're looking forward to that. So good job, good job, good job. Um, this, uh, then this Wednesday, this Wednesday is first Wednesday. Uh, and every first Wednesday we do a new topic, whether it be, um, a social issue or a theological issue or apologetics issue. This week, we will be looking at what we're talking about today, but a deeper dive because this topic is so broad, we can't do it all on a Sunday. We will be talking again and even more in depth about heaven. So this morning, we're talking about heaven. We're spending two weeks talking about heaven this week and next week. And then the next two weeks talking about hell and specifically not what we like, what we want it to be like or what we think it'll be like, what we hope it'll be like, but what does the Bible really say? And, and to do that, there's just simply not enough time on even two Sundays to, to give enough attention. So if you, uh, I'm hoping maybe even after today, this at least piques your interest or you, you have more questions or you want to like, you want to know more, um, for this Wednesday, first Wednesday, we will again go even more into what, like, what the Bible says about heaven and what, what our, how it describes it and what our experience will be like. So um, you may be even thinking, well, how can there possibly be that much about heaven? How do we even know? Because most people, um, they, they think this. They think that, well, the Bible says no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind is conceived. All right, we're gonna talk about that. How, how can we even know when, when it seems like the Bible says you can't know, that we just have to like leave it in God's hands. All right, well, I'm glad you're here because the Bible says a lot about heaven. Um, one of the things that, that uh, I want you to think about and I want you to ask, to, to answer this question, and I'm gonna even um, have you talk with your neighbor. So if you, uh, if you don't know your neighbor, you're going to meet them. If you don't like your neighbor, I'm going to give you a chance to find a new seat right now. If you, anyone, any takers, anyone, anyone? No. Okay, good, good, good. Um, okay. What do you, this is what I want you to add just in a quick 20 seconds. What do you think heaven will be like? You have 20 seconds. Go. What will it be like? What do you think? You're, the totality of your understanding of heaven, of cultural influence of you and what you think heaven will be like, of the Bible, of what movies say, just like, oh, I think it'll be like this. And, and I know I'm talking you, over you and that's fine. Um, I, 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 a, perfect, a perfectly acceptable answer is I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. And I don't know how you could know. Okay. You got it? Great. Great. Now, I don't know what you said but I'm gonna guess you were wrong. <laughs> because what the Bible says about heaven and our kind of our common understanding of heaven, both culturally, but even within the church, probably aren't accurate. And, and, and for a lot of us, we're probably more influenced by what we see and hear on TV and in movies than what the Bible actually says about heaven. And I'm gonna guess that this week and next week, and if you come to First Wednesday, your understanding of heaven will, I don't want to say will be changed, but it will be, it will be broadened to the fact that like, I didn't realize just how much was in the Bible about heaven. And, 
And I hope this is the case. This is what, this is the case for me. And I hope you get even more excited about it. Heaven is one of those things that we talk about and you hear about and people will say like, oh, when we get to heaven or on, on this side of heaven, we can't. And, and, and it's almost like a, well, when we'll get there, we'll think about it and we'll talk about it. Whatever it is, it's going to be really good. And we almost just, it's like, it's almost like we just kicked a can down the road to even thinking about heaven instead of saying, no, 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 let's just think about it. Let's just dream right now. Let's just imagine what it's like based on what we read in scripture and, and say, man, what do we have to look forward to? More so than what we have on, like what we're experiencing on earth. What, what, what does the afterlife really, what does it really look like? One of, the, um, one of the books that really helped influence me, and I forgot to bring it on stage. It's in my office right now. So just, um, I want you to imagine what it's like. Um, it's a book called Heaven, written by a guy named Randy Alcorn. If you don't know this book or haven't read it, and if, if you are a reader and you want to, like, if this, again, piques your interest, I'm telling you, go grab that. It's written not, it's written, you know, front, like you don't have to read it cover to cover. It's written in like question and answer format. So you can just kind of, oh, I'm always been interested about this topic. And, and almost like, um, almost like not quite an encyclopedia, but you just sort of like, oh, I, I, you can skip around. It's, it's great. And you may not agree with everything in there or like because, for whatever reason, but I'm telling you, it will get you thinking. One of, the, one of the challenges about heaven is um, where people do, there's two things that we, there's two ways to think about heaven. What we know, what we know for sure in scripture, what we're told, this is what it will be like. This is what it looks like. This is part of the experience is what happens. And then there's speculation based on this. Well, then it would seem like a natural conclusion would lead us to this. And, and, and what happens is, most of the time, when we talk about heaven or think about heaven, we speak from the second part. We don't talk about what the Bible says. We just immediately go to what we think it will be like based on maybe a verse here or there. And so we speculate. And so what happens is if someone's speculation is different than your speculation, they're clearly wrong. <laughs> In which case I would say we're all probably wrong. We're not 100, our speculation cannot be 100% correct. We can trust what the Bible says, of course, absolutely, and we will. And then, and then we think through, all right, well, let's just think through. If this is true, if A is true and B is true, then, man, the natural conclusion is C, it will probably be like this. So, so he does that in, in, in his book. He talks, of course, all about scripture. And then there's some, some conclusions that you're going, yeah, that, that seems to follow, even though it's not, there's no like a chapter and verse. We'll do that today. We'll do that today. And we'll look at chapter and verse and say, now, if these are true, a natural conclusion is then this. And, and so this is probably what our experience will be like. So, so when we think about heaven and hell for that matter, we have what the Bible says, and then we have the, the, the natural conclusions of those things. So we're gonna interact in that world and, and have, I think, I hope a bigger understanding of heaven. Now, the first thing that you have to know, this is the first thing that, that might, if, if this is a new thing to you, topic where you haven't really thought about or read about or studied, the first thing that is going to be kind of a, maybe a light bulb or at least a kind of a mind blow moment is this. There are actually two different states of heaven. Okay, got quiet. Hmm. Didn't know that, did you? Maybe you did. 
In theology, it's what we call right now the intermediate state, and then or intermediate heaven, and then the what's referred to as the eternal state or eternal heaven, and they're different. So the heaven that is existing right now is one way, one kind, one experience, and then there's a, ready for this, this might make some light bulbs go on, a new heaven that is coming that we're told about that isn't currently here or happening yet. So there's heaven as it is right now. If you pass away, loved ones pass away, and, uh, and Paul says to be absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord. So if you, if you die, then all right, we're with the Lord now. And that experience of heaven is one thing. And then there's the forever heaven. Does that make sense? Sort of? You're like, I hear you, but I'm going to trust that you're right. By the way, that's always a good position to trust that I'm right. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. This is what the Bible says. This is what it talks about, a new heavens and a new, you might already know, a new earth, a new heavens and a new earth. Um, so there, when we think about heaven, think of it in two, like, like two experiences. The intermediate state, and it's intermediate because it's not forever. It's right now and it's been going on for a while. And then there's the forever heaven, the eternal heaven that's coming that will be a, a little bit different. In fact, a lot bit different than the current one. And, and what we're going to be talking about is both, but we're going to focus specifically on the eternal state because that's the one we're going to be in. I mean, we'll, we'll probably experience both, but once the new heaven and new earth come, then like that's it forever, this experience. So when we think about heaven, um, we'll, be, we'll be even like describing the differences maybe between the two. And, and again, on a Sunday morning, there's just simply no time to do this. Uh, on, on Again, first one, this Wednesday, I promise you, show up. It's gonna be good. And we're gonna talk about all things, all things heaven. So there's a difference between the intermediate heaven and the eternal state or, or, or eternal heaven. Now, here's what we're talking about this morning, okay? This is the overall, this is what I want you to walk away with and say, okay, I understand this. And I need to, I need to broaden my, my thinking and my expectation and, and my hope in what's next. Here it is. Heaven is different than you think and better than you think. Whatever you think it is, it's different than that. And it's way better than that. How can it be better than the best thing? Oh, because you don't know yet what the best thing is. And, and, and like, it's coming. This thing is coming. Heaven is different than you think and better than you think. So how do we know this? If, you are, if, if you've been a Christian for any amount of time or study this, and, and this is usually the verse people go to and they say, what no eye has seen, no, no, uh, no ear has heard, no mind is conceived. What God has in store for those. So how? How, Pastor, how can you get on the stage and say this? How can you even tell us that, that you know what it will be like when the Bible says we can't possibly know? You want to have some fun? Oh, I, I, okay. I guess we're done this morning. I guess we're, you don't want to have fun. You want to have some fun? Okay, here we go. Ready? Point, so we're going to look at five, uh, five different aspects of heaven. Three today and then two next week. The first one, the first two today are going to be fairly quick, and then we'll spend a lot of time on the third one. The first one is this. We can know what heaven will be like. You can. Not exhaustively, of course. Of course you can't know everything about heaven, but you can know more than you currently think you do. 
You can, you can know more than you currently think is even possible about heaven. How? Pastor, how? Because no eye has seen. All right, let's, let's, let's have some fun. Let's read this verse, all right? The verse we're thinking about, the verse maybe you're thinking about is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Paul writes this, however it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. We read that and we say, okay, it's clear. It's clear that, that you cannot imagine with your eye or, or you haven't heard or even with like to think about it, like what could it possibly be like? We're to, Paul tells us we can't know. And then here's what you have to do. You, you, have to, you have to remember the rules of interpreting the Bible. Do you know the three rules? That's, that's so beautiful. <laughs> there are three rules. If you don't know what they are, I will tell you the rules. Uh, some of us know. The three rules are this, context, context, and context. The context of the verse tells you everything. What is before it and what is after it tells you everything about that verse. If you just pull out a sentence, a verse, and say, well, this says this, therefore it means this, how do you know without knowing what you wrote before, what was written before or after? The same thing for you. You write an email to someone and they highlight one sentence, pull it out of context and say, well, you said this. And you're going, no, no, no. Did you read what I wrote before? It doesn't matter. You said this. No, context means everything. Okay, the context of this verse. What's the very next verse? Here it is, ready? But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The very next verse tells us that you can't know, but here's the deal. Because you can't know, God tells us. Because you can't know and because you can't just imagine, here's what we need. We need someone to reveal it to us. And what do you know? Literally, the very next verse, Paul tells us, he's like, hey, no eye is seen, no ear is heard, no mind is conceived. We can't, but, but here's the cool thing. God actually revealed it to us. Oh, how can we know? Because God told us what it will be like. He revealed it to us by a spirit. And, and, and people who experienced this wrote it down and we have it in here. In here is, is this, this revealing of the spirit about heaven and is written down. And so you and I can read this. As much as we wanna say, no eye has seen, no, no ear has heard. It, it's almost like a, like a, well, therefore, I guess we can't know anything about it. Almost like not quite a cop out, but, but sort of a, well, since you can't know, why try? No, 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 read the next verse. The next verse says, you can know because he told us. So, First, we can know what heaven will be like. Okay, so that's the first sort of like, okay, all right. I, now I'm, maybe I'm convinced that maybe the Bible has a little bit more to say about heaven than I thought. Number two, point two of, of the three kind of aspects of heaven is this. Heaven, here we go, will be here on earth. Oh, what? Wait, a, wait just one minute. Everything I've ever seen or heard or read talks about heaven being up there. And, and usually like clouds and harps and wings, right? And it's like, uh, first of all, um, uh, I, I don't know if that's your current understanding of heaven, like we'll be on clouds, you know, with angels and harps and stuff. Um, I don't know about you, but I don't want to go to that heaven. That's, that's like, like who in their right mind thinks heaven's going to be so amazing. We're just going to be like harping. I don't know how you, how you harp. We're just gonna be harping forever. It's just gonna be, we're all gonna be so good at it. And like, 
wow, that's, that's why we're doing all this? To harp? <laughs> like, I mean, no offense if you're a harpist. Harper? Harp? Harper? Harperer? Har- harp? 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 pianist? Okay, what a, but listen, our experience of heaven is not is not sitting on clouds, watching people fly by. And like, like, like it's so funny in like movies or like TV shows or even like cartoons, the, 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 it seems to be the entertainment of heaven is watching people on earth and being like, oh, I wish we were doing that. <laughs> like, like, how could they do that? And instead of experiencing actual real life. So, so here's the, the, like the biggest kind of like twist is this, that heaven Heaven, at least eternal state, is not the thing that's up there forever. It's like, oh, there's earth, and then we go up there. Heaven actually, actually comes down to earth. Ooh, how do we know this? Well, it just so happens to be written in the Bible. At the end of the Bible, Revelation chapters uh, 20, 21, 22, the end of the entire Bible, the end of the book, but the end of the Bible, it talks about this, what we call these eternal state, and it talks about this city coming down and that describes this city. We'll talk more about this on, on, certainly on first Wednesday, on this Wednesday. But here's what it says in Revelation chapter 21, verse one. Then this is John writing this down. He's having this vision that God is revealing to him by his spirit about what this, like what's coming next and what heaven will be like. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. Okay, that is like a, wait a minute, what? All right, now we don't have time to get into it, but that's like, all right, there's no sea. We also see that there's no sun, which is like kind of cool because no more sunburns. Awesome, right? And then he says this, verse two, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem. There's a, not the current Jerusalem, a new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. He gives this marriage language of this new Jerusalem coming down as a, as a bride meeting their husband. And then I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place where he is in heaven, his throne is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and will be their God. And then we get this wonderful phrase. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Here's what we see. This is the picture we get. There's there's this new Jerusalem, this new city, this heavenly city, God's throne where he dwells. And it comes down and, and it says that it joins with earth and it says God will be with them now. God will dwell with them. And instead of heaven and, and earth, what happens is they actually join together and God's throne becomes our experience on earth. What? That's heaven? That's a little different than what I've been told or what, what like I've never seen a cartoon or movie about that. Like, no, no, because they haven't read the end of Revelation where, we ta- where it talks about. And then it goes on to, ex- to describe this new Jerusalem. I mean, he gives it even the measurements of it and the, and the dimensions. And you're going, wow, this is way too specific to just be like, a, well, I had a dream about it. No, no, no. Like he, he talks about the materials that are used to build this, this new Jerusalem, the city. Ooh, this This experience of heaven, our forever experience of heaven, the eternal state is heaven, this new Jerusalem coming and joining earth and God makes his dwelling place on earth with us, 
with people. And then we get to, we, we, the, the rest of Revelation talks about this experience, what, what this would describe this place and this, 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 this city, but it's also a country, but it's also a, a nation, but it's, but it's, but it's, there's also gates and you can go outside the gate. Like there's a lot that we can learn about this eternal state. So we can know what heaven will be like. Heaven, heaven will be here on earth, the eternal state, currently not, it, right? This is one of the main differences of, of the, the intermediate heaven and the eternal heaven. And, and now the third one, we'll spend some time talking about this because this is the thing that we think about, but also might be confused about or have questions about. What will our relationships be like? All right, that's great. And we'll talk about the city and what it, how it describes it. But what I really want to know, what I really want to know is what I'm going to know about people and, and who am I going to know? And, and, and one of the main questions that, you're, that we get is this, that you'll probably ask is like, all right, what will family be like? I mean, listen, I want you all to go to heaven. I do. I really do. But I really want my family to be there. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying they're more important than you guys, certainly not. But for me and my, I, I am closer to my wife and my kids. And, and if I'm like, if I get a pick and choose who I wanna spend my eternity with in heaven, most of you are very nice people. <laughs> but, but like you, I wanna be with my family. What will, what, what will that be like though? And, and this is where we get into, we, we talk about, here's what we know from the Bible and then we speculate, okay, what age will my kids be? Please not their current age. Please, Lord, not their current age. <laughs> what, what age will you be? What will family look like? Are, and this is a weird one too. And, and this is gonna be, I think, I hope, like some of you are gonna go, I've never thought about that before, but oh, please, Lord. Are, are you forever the age in heaven when you die? And, and if that's so, some of us are like, dang it. I didn't, Lord, I, could you have taken me sooner? <laughs> like, are you going to be older and your kid, like, is it right now how it is? And like, are your grandkids, grandkids forever? What will, I, what will, have, what will our relationships be like? And, and when you start to think about this, you, you realize, oh man, I don't, I don't have all the answers. I don't even know what it would be like. But, but yet at the same time, we are told and we are given some specifics as to what we can know. There are things we can know, and then there's things we speculate. And, and the speculating is fun, but speculating for it, like speculation's sake is, is dangerous and irrelevant. Like, who cares? I, we speculate based on what the Bible says. So given this passage, given these verses, a natural conclusion might be this, but, but I don't care. I say this a lot, and I, I don't mean to offend, but also I don't care. If you get offended, I get it. I don't care what you think about heaven. I don't care what you think it will be like or what you, like what, if you and I were to say, hey, what do you think heaven will be like? And you just go off, well, I think it's gonna be like, um, it's gonna be like an eternal sunset and it's gonna be, we're just gonna be sitting forever looking at the sunset. And I'm, I'm going for a, for a million years, that seems, that seems boring. Yeah, but I think, okay, with all due respect, I don't care what you think because your mind your eyes, 
your ears can't conceive or see or hear about this. So what has God revealed it to us by his spirit? I want to know that. What, is the, what do we have in scripture about it? I want to know that. And then, and then let's talk about because this is true, what might our experience be like? That gets fun. So let's look about this. What will our relationships be like? First, we will continue to know the people we know now. The people you currently know, you will know. And presumably, you will meet more people because the people in heaven will not be only the people you know <laughs> currently. There will be a few more people there with you, right? So you will know, you will know the people, like the, you, the relationships you have right now, you'll be able to continue those relationships and even recognize them um, and, and, and like continue that sort of experience of getting to know people. So uh, there's a few verses here that, that we'll look at um, and then we'll like, again, have some fun and think about this. All right, the first one is super weird. It's super weird. It's Jesus speaking. So it carries the authority. This is Jesus saying, this is not me. It's not someone like Jesus says this. And so it carries the full weight of him. And, and it's odd. And it makes us even a little uncomfortable because of, it just feels like, really, really, Jesus, that you said that about, about heaven and specifically about money? Like you, you combine those two and, and you say that? Now, are you curious to hear what he had to say? Here's what he says in Luke 16, verse nine. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself. Okay, Jesus. <laughs> buy friends? I'm supposed to buy friends? Yes. <laughs> he said, use money to gain friends for yourself. And then he says this, so that when it is gone, your money is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. What? Jesus, what did you just say? Here's what it seems to be saying. And, and if you have this, like, if this is your first understanding of it, by the way, it's probably the right one because it's clear. Jesus is saying this, use the money you have, use the resources you have while you're on earth to invest in people, to invest in relationships, to help people, not to just accumulate and buy stuff for yourself, though that's not bad. Like you want to buy a new car, like buy a new car. That's fine. But he says, but you have to know you can't take cars with you. Everyone knows we'll be in spaceships. No, I have no idea. But, <laughs> but like you can't take your stuff with you. So he says, instead use in this, again, there's a spiritual component that just makes sense, but it feels it's like really use money to gain friends. Yes. He says, use your resources to invest and build relationships with people on earth because when the money's gone, when the resources are gone, guess what? You will know them and they will welcome you into heaven with them, into eternal dwellings, he says. Oh. What he seems to be saying is this. Now, again, we speculate that the relationships you have here on earth will continue and you will know them in heaven. And so he says, while you're on earth, use the resources 
to invest in relationships, in people, to make friends for yourself, to gain friends. Not like, hey, I'll, you know, for a hundred bucks, will you hang out with me today? Not that kind of thing. But instead to say, I'm going to help people with my money so that, so that I will build relationships, help them, and, and maybe even, maybe even change their eternity by investing in them, by maybe helping like support them when they're in need. And like, and then maybe then eventually maybe earning the right to hear the gospel. And then they choose to believe because you help them because you use finances. To, this is why we do missions around the world because like there's people in Honduras that like we build a sports court and there are people who will get saved through that, through the ministry of the sports court. And you and I have an opportunity, a hand in that to say like, we're gonna use our worldly wealth to gain friends for ourselves that we don't even know yet. But one day we'll, we'll, we'll be in heaven and meet people from Honduras and they're going, hey, were you part of that church, New Hope? Yeah, yeah, we were there. I got saved because I, I went to, you know, I had a, they, they were doing pickleball and I went to pickleball and I got in, and, and some of you are like, yes, pickleball does save you. Say pickleball, pickleball is life. And, 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 and like, and you're realizing, oh man, we did what Jesus said. Like we used our worldly wealth to gain like relations, friends, relationships, and we'll see them in heaven. That's a crazy thought, isn't it? It's also a biblical one, an eternal perspective of your resources. It's not just about accumulating wealth, but using your wealth for people. And then we see this in Acts 17, verse 26. Um, it says this, from one man, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And then we get this, he, God, and he determined the set times, uh, the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. Here's what this says, it's no accident the neighborhood you grew up with. It's no accident like who your neighbors, your next door neighbors are. It's no accident that, you know, you're in this church right now. It's no accident that you're even here on a Sunday. And, and like, like God has set things up in your life and, and, and even set up people for you to come in contact with, relationships to have. And, and it would be crazy to think that he does all of this just so you forget it in heaven. <laughs> Just so that when you get to heaven, it's like, a, it's like a total mind erase and you're going, God did all this work to set up specific like environments and relationship where I would live and move and like my experience all so that it will be wiped away. That doesn't seem like, a, like something God would do or that doesn't seem biblical at all given these other verses that talk about this. Hmm. So, what, what, else, what else do we know about, about heaven, about relationships? Uh, one of the things is that uh, I think I may have skipped this, so let's go back to this. Num this is number three, what we're talking about, our relationships. We, this is great, will be reunited with those we know. We'll be reunited with those we know. Look at what Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians. He says this, this is so interesting because he, he's, he's using this as encouragement because people have passed away. Other believers, family members have passed away. And he uses like the future as encouragement for the now. Here's what he says, brothers in verse 13, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Listen, we know people uh, that you love have passed away and we don't want you to grieve like everyone else who has no hope. So, let me encourage you with this. And then he says this, verse, a few verses later. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, 
we who are still alive and are left will be caught up. And this is where we get the word raptured, is this word caught up. Um, in, in, uh, in, uh, in Greek, it's harpazo. In Latin, it's raptura. It's where we get the word rapture. So this is where it shows up. And we will be caught up together with them, the people that have passed away in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, he says, encourage one another with these words. He says, this is how it's all gonna go. Those who have died and passed away will be caught up and we get to join them and then we all get to be with the Lord forever. Now, this would seem, this would seem like a silly encouragement if, if in heaven you and I forget all of our relationships. Hey, let me, be, let me encourage you with the people that you will forget about. <laughs> that doesn't make sense at all, at all. Paul says, you will be reunited with the loved ones. And so, so let me encourage you so you don't grieve without hope. We, we will know people. We will continue to know the people we know now. What about marriage? Here we go. What will my marriage be like? Or at least my relationship with my spouse. And again, you jump to a verse, if you have like any level of kind of maybe study or thinking about this or, or, or maybe you've heard a sermon before. Um, and, and, and you know this, that like there's a passage where, where, where Jesus is confronted um, and, uh, and, uh, and asked specifically about heaven and he gives an answer about heaven, uh, about, about marriage in heaven. And it's not the answer that maybe you and I wished. At least we think. We see this. Let me make a few, some, a few statements and then, and then p- prove why I'm right. First, the Bible does not teach that there will be no marriage in heaven. It doesn't teach that. In fact, on the contrary, it teaches there will be marriage in heaven, but not how you think. It doesn't say there's no marriage. It, in fact, it says there is marriage, but it's not how you think. Here's the passage that we see that there's Pharisees, they come uh, before Jesus and they give him this hypothetical, like gotcha, trap you question. And they say, all right, there's a guy um, and he was married and uh, he passed away. And the law says that if he passes um, and, uh, and, uh, and he has a brother who's also unmarried, then, then it's jo- the brother's job to then take the wife to continue the family. All right. And then they say, all right, there was a guy and there were seven brothers and the first one passed and then the second one got the wife and then he passed and the third one got the wife and then the fourth one. First of all, poor lady, <laughs> right? Can you think about this? Can you think about if your husband has brothers and you're like, and he passes away, you have to marry one of those. You're going, oh, I am so glad this isn't Bible times anymore. And, and like, so this hypothetical is like the worst thing that you could think of. Like these, she just like six times, seven times over, she is like widowed, like just one after the other, which also makes you question like, what is really going on here? <laughs> what, what is happening, right? Is this like, is this a strategy? Anyways, so, so, And then they ask this question, whose will she be in heaven? Who gets her in the next age? All right, who gets to be with her? And they're like, we got him. That's a great hypothetical. And here's Jesus' response. Jesus replied, you are in error because you do not know what the scriptures or the power of God. At the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. All right. We read that and we say, okay, it's clear, it's definitive. There is no marriage in heaven, except he doesn't say that. 
He says, people won't be buried, nor will they be given in marriage. They'll be like the angels. So the angels must not clearly be married. Um, And and so like uh, whatever marriage is here on earth, it won't continue. But this is interesting. And to quote Randy Alcorn, we'll quote him a few times because uh, it, again, it like it, the, the book is really good. Here's what he says. And this is an observation he, that, he, that plenty of others make, but he writes down and it's really good. Jesus said the institution of human marriage would come to an end. That's true. That's what this is. The, the human, like the, the legal institution of human marriage will come to an end having fulfilled its purpose. But he never hinted that the deep relationships between married people would end. You won't have a, you know, a marriage license in heaven, but that doesn't mean, that does not mean you forget everything about your spouse. <laughs> Could you imagine what that would be like? Like you get, to, you get to heaven and your loved ones are there and you're like, but again, you like have this, it's almost like this mind wipe where you forget about your marriage and your kids and, and then you like, like your experience is this, you're walking around and you meet someone, you're like, oh, hey, you're pretty cute. Oh, yeah? Oh, thanks. Oh, hey, I, I feel like I know you. Is that, have I met you before? Oh, yeah, we have three kids together. You're like, oh, what? I didn't realize it was you. That's, that's not our experience in heaven. Heaven will be clearer, not foggier. So our, ex, our institute of marriage won't continue, but our relationships certainly will. You will certainly be close and, and like have a, 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 a different kind, a depth of relationship if you're currently married than you would have with, you know, someone you first met for the first time. And then we see this. We see that, that Paul talks about marriage um, specific, and, and like what it means. And, and, and here's what we see. There is marriage in heaven and it's not between people. The marriage is between the church and Jesus. There is a marriage. We're all part of this eternal marriage, not like a marriage how you think, but, but Paul gives us his insight. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. He says marriage is actually a signpost and it's a mystery and it's pointing to Jesus and the church. It's not about you finding someone who completes you. It's a living illustration about how Jesus and his church relate and, and, and will be related forever. So who, what will we know or remember? Okay, now, here we go. And we'll, we're running out of time here because we're having so much fun. So we'll go through this, all right. In fact, should we just stay and just forget the next service? They can just sit out in the lobby, all right. What will we know or remember? Somehow our memories will heighten our experience of heaven, not diminish it. That what you know in heaven will make heaven greater and a better experience. Here's what, here's again, quote Randy Alcorn, it seems likely that recalling the reality of our past troubles, sorrows, and sins would set a sharp contrast to the glories of heaven as darkness does to light, as hell does to heaven. We would lose this contrast if we forget what sorrow was. If we forgot what, what, if we forgot we were desperate sinners, how could we appreciate the depth and meaning of Christ's redemptive work for us? Here's what he says. Part of the greatness and the joy of heaven is knowing we don't deserve it. Remembering that we are indeed sinners, that that you and I have messed up and do need a savior to save us, that we couldn't do it on our own. Simply knowing about bad things doesn't it doesn't mean um, it doesn't mean that somehow heaven now ceased to exist. A few examples. The angels know all about 
sin and Satan and the fall and death. They know all about it, but heaven doesn't cease to be heaven because they know about bad things. God himself knows about every bad thing, every sin, every, every, like everything that we would say like, oh, he knows about all of that, but heaven doesn't cease to be heaven for him because he knows bad things happen. And then we see this in Revelation chapter six. This is interesting and this is crazy. We get an insight into people who have been killed, who have lost their faith or lost their life for their faith. They've been martyred and they are in heaven and they remember it. They remember what happened to them. The worst experience in their life, they remember. And heaven doesn't cease to be heaven for them, yet they remember it. Here's what it says in Revelation chapter 6, verse 9. When he, when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. They were killed for their faith. They called out in a loud voice. This is now this vision of them in heaven. And, they, and, it's, and this is what they say. How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth, and look at this, and avenge our blood. How long will you wait to avenge our blood? Because we know we were, we were killed and we remember it. How long will you allow them to, to live life unpunished? And how long will you wait until... Until sovereign Lord, you're in charge of everything. How long are you going to wait until you punish and, 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 and rightly bring about justice for this injustice we suffered? They're in heaven and they're asking God, how long are you going to wait? Because they remember that they were killed and that, and that there's still injustice in the world. And then it says this, then each of them was given a white robe and they were told to wait a little longer. And look at this until the full number of their fellow servants, their brothers and sisters were killed just as they had been. There seems to be a number of martyrs that God is like, all right, once it gets to this point, that's when, that's when this whole thing goes into action. And, he's, and he tells them, just wait a little bit longer because there's still other people who will lose their life. Ooh. Now, does heaven cease to be heaven because they remember that? No, it doesn't seem to be. In fact, in fact, they're worshiping God as the one who will avenge them and who will bring about justice, just needs to wait a little bit. They just need to wait a little bit. So will you and I remember negative things? Probably. In fact, I think it's fair to say, according to this, according, like they remembered they were killed. All right, that seems to be a bad thing in their life. That would be a negative memory to have. And they have it. So somehow, even our negative memories, the memories of the things like the, maybe the worst parts of our experience, they will still somehow bring about greater joy, greater, greater worship of God, knowing that, man, I, despite all the things that I've done in my life, he, he still forgives me. I'm still here. And I can't believe it. I wake up every day pinching myself like, is this true? Am I really here the reason you can have such a, 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 a full experience and an appreciation of heaven is because of the negative. Last thing we'll look at, we will not have an exhaustive knowledge of everything, but we will learn and grow. Here's what, here's what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, and he's talking now about like when, like when we die and go to heaven. Here's what he says. For we know, for now, uh, we now, let me start over. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, when the fullness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. 
For now, and then now he's, he's the, that's the illustration, now the application. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then, when we're with him, we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Here's what he says, that right now we don't know everything. We don't know the reasons for everything, but he says, there are the things that we don't know now that are fuzzy, that are foggy, that are incomplete is like looking into a mirror like dimly. And he says, but when fullness comes, then we will know more. Not exhaustively. You won't know everything that there is to know about everything. Only God can ever get to the, like have that experience of the knowledge of everything, but you will learn and realize and, 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 and we'll be in heaven going, Oh God, that's why that had to happen in my life. I didn't know that because I wasn't, I didn't know in full even the things of my life and the whys of the, the experiences of my life. And, and, and in heaven, it, there seems to be a, an experience in which we like, oh, now I get it. Now I realize we will learn and grow and continue to learn and grow and explore and, and find out more. Now, We've just barely touched the surface. And, and next week, we'll continue part two. And, and Wednesday, we'll continue even more of a deeper dive into heaven. So I, I hope you come back. So this ends as a, as a dot, 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 to be continued cliffhanger. This is the episode that you hate. <laughs> that when, you, when you get to the end and it says, to be continued next week. All right, you have to wait a week for the conclusion of this sermon. Here's what we see. Heaven is different than you think and better than you think. Next week, we answer this. What will we be able to do in heaven? Ooh. Next week, when you come back, it will be a lot of fun. Would you do this? Would you stand with me? And I'll pray for us. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that, um, that we can know about heaven. We thank you that we can be with you in heaven. And right now, Lord, I pray for all of us that as, even as we think about what's next and what the Bible says about what's next, we would be thinking about our place in this and about what we will experience and about whether or not we are ready to meet you. We thank you, Lord, and we worship you, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I don't usually get to do this. I get to dismiss you. <laughs> so I wanna thank you for being here. Thanks for being a part of this. Thanks for coming and hearing a little bit about, about heaven. I pray and hope you come back Wednesday and next week as we continue this discussion. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll see you Wednesday and next Sunday.